Welcome to Sales Hiring Straight Talk, where sales leaders go for advice, tips, and resources to hire high-performing sales talent. If you find the hiring process challenging or have been disappointed when a hire couldn't sell, you're not alone. Make your sales hiring interviews rock with Sales Hiring Straight Talk. Here are your co-hosts, Jennifer Leak and Suzanne Paling. We're back again with Shelly Billinghurst, and she is president of Higher Value, Inc., and a master recruitment strategist. Shelly, you mentioned in a previous podcast that recruiters can play a valuable role for sales hiring. Can you talk a little bit about the value that they really bring and, and how best to use one? Because they can be costly. Absolutely. So let's let's be clear. You know, on one hand, when we talk recruiters, they can be in-house to your organization or they can be third party. So so let's be clear that what, what I'm referring to, the value that a third party can bring is it's good, it's money well spent. And here's why. Because if I am in a staffing firm that specializes in recruiting sales talent, my role is to develop relationships with candidates. I may not have an opportunity for them today, but here's something I know that is worth its weight in gold. When would they see themselves leaving their current employer? What would I have to tell them about a potential opportunity that they would agree? Yes, I would definitely interview for that. So Jennifer, if I'd asked you that and and knew what's important to you when you're thinking of making a move and what needs to be there, whether it's compensation or the product or what have you, I talked to you two years ago. I pick up the phone and I say, Jennifer, it's Shelly over at Higher Value. I have an opportunity and I list off everything it offers. And it's everything that you told me three years ago. Do you think you'd be impressed? Absolutely. But uh-huh. Not only that you re- remembered that, but that you had matched it so well. Right. Recruiters are at the heart of what we do, salespeople. We are sales. And so my job is to keep great records in the customer relationship management software because every single candidate I talk to, I write down everything they said. I remember what particular maybe industry sector they're in why they want to change industry sectors, what's important to them. And so when I have a client looking for them, I can source within minutes the people they're looking for. But it's because I've been at it for the last 15 years. This is not like recruiters that are kind of early in the game or early in their career. It takes years to build those relationships. For an organization, the value is just that. I have had deep long-lasting relationships with people for years. And I know who's looking, when they're looking, what they want, what their compensation requirements are, what they've earned, what they don't like. If I truly understand what your organization has to offer, there's value in that because like they, like you say, it's time or money or quality. Pick two because you can only have two. And in this equation, it's about time. If you had to go to market, recruit yourself, find the candidates, make them offers. That's a six weeks exercise. If you go to a a recruiter who specializes in sales talent, they can have three to five people in front of you in a week. You mentioned in an earlier podcast when we were talking about job postings to really know the traits you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So in addition to all those great things you mentioned, such as the compensation and what you're looking for in a job, I think when you're building relationships with people, you know 
them as with their personality too. So I would not only maybe think about somebody who was looking for a compensation package of a certain way, if they've mm-hmm. done a good job in the job posting and they say, I'm looking for someone who is proven to be a team player, can really act independently, won't take no for an answer, then you could think, oh, that's Suzanne. I remember when we mm-hmm. talked about her, she was saying, I'm not going to, you know, I, I don't ever back down if I don't have to. So I think the relationships that they build give you access to candidates you'd never know on your own. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't know about them when that can't, when that recruiter comes to you and says, I'm thought of this person because you said you wanted this, 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 and this. And over the last five years of talking to this person. Right. The other thing I like about recruiters is so many times the people who are applying for positions when I source them myself are out of a job. And I'm looking for somebody who's already in a job, probably very successful where they are and bringing them into my organization. Thoughts on that? Mm. You might not like what I'm going to say, Jennifer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The unemployed, currently unemployed bias if I were to leave a legacy in the recruitment industry, it would be to dissolve that bias. The other bias that I think a lot of hiring managers have is that if somebody has had multiple jobs in the last five years, I think it's really unfortunate if we approach recruiting with that bias that you have to be currently working or that you've changed jobs too often without truly understanding the why behind it. So I think great recruiters, what they will do is ask those very difficult questions to the hiring leader and say, why do you feel that way? Why do you feel that someone has to be working? In fact, in the whole recruitment process, If you're only looking at candidates who are currently employed, you as the employer actually have a bit of a disadvantage because if you're only going to people that are currently employed, you'd better be prepared to wait because if I'm really successful at what I'm doing, I know my big payday is coming in December. You need somebody right now and it's June. Well, no, listen, I have worked so hard as a salesperson. I know my big payday is coming up again. It's time, money, or quality. So I think if you only look at those that are fully employed, that means you got all the time in the world. And I think you're doing yourself a disservice to only focus on those who are not working. Because those that are currently not working, we need to kind of, again, ask why. Was their employer hit hard by COVID and every single customer paused their purchase orders? Well, okay, that's not their fault doesn't mean they're not a great salesperson. Mm -hmm. And if somebody changed jobs, well, a lot of times the easiest people to sell on an opportunity are salespeople. (laughs) And as a recruiter, I'm telling you that for a fact, I can talk a salesperson into taking almost any job because I know what they want to hear. I know what they're listening for. So a really great recruiter can, can also come on the dark side of overselling the opportunity or overselling the client. There's a thin line there. We don't want to be pumping their tires too much. So sometimes that can happen. Or um, their sales manager went to another organization, so they start bringing people with them. Well, they get there and find out that it's not what they said it was going to be. So they stay six months and leave. Then um, they, they find a wonderful organization who just wasn't financed properly. 
and they're on the street again. And then there's some industry sectors as well, like the energy sector was hit really hard about 18 months ago, right? So we need to look at what industry they were in, give them the opportunity as to why they've changed jobs a lot, and don't make assumptions. Well, and I think that's exactly what you did. You rightfully challenged me when I was thinking about employed versus unemployed and jumping jobs and things like that, which brings me to, we should be thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. on those things, mm-hmm. as well as other things. What are other outside of the box thinkings that you have? Can I tell you a little story? And this is one of my favorite stories. I was actually the manager of strategic staffing. So I wasn't actively involved in the transactional part of recruiting, but I had a business area that had struggled for 10 years, count them 10 years of they hired um, the sales manager, didn't work out. Hired another person, didn't work out. Hired another person, didn't work out. Now it's becoming embarrassing for the organization. Like really, if you've had that much turnover and it was like a senior sales leadership role. So they called me in and said, okay, you got to take this on yourself. You know, basically they're going to throw me under the bus if this person doesn't work out again. I took a look at the job description. I respectfully said to the senior vice president, why does this person need to be an engineer? Well, we've always had engineers in the role. And I said, so how's that working out for you? Pause. Thinking outside the box, as in talent acquisition and recruitment, we need to have the courage to challenge and ask why. Why do you believe this person must have experience in selling electrical cables? Tell me why that's important. Okay, tell me why. And tell me why again. Because here's what we know about salespeople who have who love it. They love the process. They love the opportunity. Many times, the reason they're looking to change roles is, I just spent seven years knocking it out of the park selling um, circuits. I want to go sell wires. That's why. So if you as an organization are just stuck in, in this tunnel vision about have to come from this industry or they have to have this education or, you know, we only hire people with master's degrees. When in fact, the most successful person didn't finish grade 12, but was extremely successful in sales. So it is thinking and asking those questions. Why is that really important? And being respectful and challenging our hiring managers and hiring leaders to explain to us why this is important. When I talk to my clients, they say to me, the person needs to have a minimum of eight to 10 years of experience in our specific industry. If you get desperate, I'll accept three to five, but that would be the absolute minimum. And I'll ask the why questions. Mm-hmm. And what they always say to me is it's the contacts. They Well, first of all, they'll say it, it's impo- almost impossible to learn our business, which it almost never is impossible. <laughs> the special snowflake syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. Well, nobody can they'll say oh, they will I lack know. the contacts you need in this business. Often they hire a person with that kind of experience and the contacts don't seem to translate. Often they aren't as successful as they expect them to be. I was wondering what your thoughts are on that with your own experience. I support you 100%. In fact, I have seen more bad hires when you follow that model. Yes, I agree. 
Yes. It blows up in your face almost every time. In fact, the, the leaders that I've worked with, I've, I've moved them to the place where they do the opposite. We don't want your contacts. I don't want your Rolodex. Do not walk in our doors. Do not cross the threshold. If you've got a Rolodex on you, in fact, they don't want it. The other key part of what you said, Suzanne, was that they want industry experience. So if I'm in industry experience, right. So if I've built a relationship with, let's just say my client is General Motors and I sell circuit boards for cars. Now I'm going to go work for the competitor that makes the circuit boards that I've just been selling against. Tell me as a human to human, how does that feel? You and I have been doing business together. I trusted you. You told me that the circuit boards coming from your organization were the best. Now you jump over to a competitor and you're telling me they're better. Well, you what you're doing is you are manipulating our relationship. How do I feel about that? How is that ever going to be successful? Yeah, it makes things difficult. And even if they have similar industry experience and they're not selling a competitive product, a lot of salespeople are devastated when they call a decision maker. Hey, I I spoke to them about this product. Now I'm with this company and it doesn't translate. Mm -hmm. They don't have that same relationship or they, the decision maker already has a very specific vendor or provider for that product. And it just Mm -hmm. doesn't go the distance. So as a candidate, you know, the other thing I feel when you say, when you give me that scenario, Suzanne, Mm -hmm. is what you're saying is you will not invest in me. There is no training and you are not going to coach me. When I hear that and when I see that on job postings as a candidate, I'm thinking, oh, I get it. You're not going to invest in me at all. As a matter of fact, you just want me for my contacts. And the reason it blows up is because there was a reason this person was successful previously in this organization with this leadership group mm-hmm. and in this industry and with this group of clients. What tends to happen is they will absolutely milk that cow. I was very successful and sold, you know, I had a $7.5 million budget that I blew out of the water five years in a row. But it's because they worked at Oracle for that leader in that industry sector. That's the reason they did it. So to think that they bring that success with with them, I'm not saying it can't happen, but I don't think it's likely. What do you think? I think you have to have a high degree of skepticism about it. Mm -hmm. And you have to really understand specifically why they were so successful. I just see my clients frustrated time and time again when the person starts and just can't capitalize on the contacts they made so much about during the interview. And and I think that brings us back to where we started. And that is when you're focusing on the traits you want and need, that's what you can't train. That's what you can't maybe teach. So you focus on those core ability of that person. And I loved what you said, uh, Shelly, about, I'd never thought of it this way, that they would look at it and say, you're not going to invest in me at all. You just want my Rolodex. I thought that was a great thought. Yeah, it's a really interesting comment. I had never looked at it quite that way either. I agree. Mm -hmm. Is that not though what they're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. You need to bring the talents that you had at that other company and get started really quickly here because we don't have the time. Or maybe I just want your contacts, like you said, and Mm -hmm. then we'll cut you loose because now we've got your contacts. Yeah. So using recruiters, thinking outside the box. 
Mm-hmm. What's your final message on those to sa- hiring sales leaders? I would say take a real good look in the mirror and understand your own kind of we've always done it this way thinking or it worked once before so we're going to continue to do it this way specifically new industry or looking at other industries that may be closely related to your industry don't be so stuck on only one industry and don't be so stuck in the past look at the fact that this one human being that you're going to hire has potential what are those key ingredients i would ask our hiring leaders to honestly think and try looking at other industries and other education backgrounds and experience because if we're really looking at that individual and the characteristics that are important those other things become less important shelly you've given us several good reasons why recruiters should be part of our recruiting strategy And you also challenged potential biases and tunnel vision we may have about candidates who are unemployed, have had multiple jobs, or lack industry experience. It can definitely limit our ability to source great potential sales reps. Suzanne and I want to thank you for sharing insights from your years of experience and knowledge about recruiting. And this concludes our four-part session with Shelley Billinghurst of Higher Value Incorporated. If you missed her first three sessions with us, go to saleshiringstraighttalk.com for a full list of all our podcasts. We also would love if you'd go to our LinkedIn page and like and follow us so you know when we post new podcasts. We're here to be a resource for you. Visit saleshiringstraighttalk.com to listen to more episodes in the growing podcast library. Sales Hiring Straight Talk, so your sales hiring interviews rock.